Welcome to the Trilogy of Terror podcast. And welcome to the Trilogy of Terror podcast. In this episode, I'm trying out something a bit new. I'm going to focus on short films rather than usual feature-length ones. And as there'll be short horror-themed ones, which might make your toes curl in fear, I'm going to be calling these short and curlies. Short films, which are often overlooked, are often there and people don't know that they're around online, usually free, just waiting to be discovered. And a lot of film directors start their filmmaking through these, you know, they hone their craft through them. Quite a few have gone on to be developed into full-length feature films, including two of the ones we'll be talking about today. And did you know, for example, Saw, Mama, The Babadook, Oculus, Jew on the Grudge, and When a Stranger Calls, and even The Evil Dead, all started off as shorts? So to explore this a bit more, I've invited a guest and we've picked three short films each to look at. After every discussion, we're going to give a film a score out of five and then we'll see at the end which of us came up with the best selection. And then I'll do one of those survey things online to see what you, the listeners, think. I'll put links to the films that we mentioned on the website and the Facebook page so you can see what we're talking about. And we'll try to avoid spoilers, though obviously some of these films are really short, so it's difficult, but we'll try our best. So before I go any further, let's find out whose shorts I'll be delving into. Welcome to author and podcaster Dan Budnick from the Eventually Super Train podcast and co-host of Made for TV Mayhem show. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm doing all right, Gore. How are you doing? I'm good. I thought you'd fallen asleep then for a minute. I thought, oh my God, I've gone on too long. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready for the short and curlies. Let's do it. Brilliant, brilliant. So before we start then, just a general question or two about short films. Um, what What is your experience with short so far? There were occasional times uh, when I was young and you would go to see like a Disney film, like re-release, like a Pinocchio or something like that in the theater and they show a cartoon before that. But generally, as far as shorts go, uh, I saw most of them uh, at home. Uh, the USA Network here in the U.S., obviously, uh, they uh, used to have a thing called Saturday Nightmares, and they would show a movie, and they would show Friday the 13th films. This was the second half of the 80s, spookies, uh, fun stuff like that. Uh, well, every once in a while, they would show a short in front of the uh, the films, or, or right after them. And I saw many fun shorts. So, some actually, I learned later, were actually segments taken out of, uh, like, hard-to-find anthology films. Oh, right. But they also showed a lot of great uh, shorts. And one of, the, one of the shorts is actually one of the ones I picked for this evening. Ah, okay. Yeah, and it was it was one when you when you asked me to, to do this, I thought, oh, what's that one? <laughs> that one, and I was able to find it. It's... It's I, I've 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 always I always love seeing a good short. I always think um, no matter what they're doing, whether they're trying to tell a story, whether they're just trying to get a good scare out of you. Every couple of months, I'll just kind of hop around online and try to see find new shorts that are out there, old stuff that I haven't seen. And there there are f some fun sites out there that sort of collect shorts together. And I even like you know going um, to the distant past. I used to well, I am still a fan of uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah, yeah. And back when they started in the nineties, they used to do a lot of shorts. At the beginning, they would do like a hygiene uh, stuff and like um, you know how to 
spend time with your family, how to groom yourself, proper posture, posture pals, things like that. So I love all kinds of shorts, whether they're the horror, whether they're, you know, obviously like Looney Tunes style cartoons or just really weird, like things from the 50s about, you know, telling gals how to comb their hair or <laughs> brush their hair or stuff like that, you know? So I like, I like them. I like them sort of all over and, and um, yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. I mean, I'm quite late coming to, to them really. I think it's only in the last few years that I've really discovered them going to film festivals, I think is one mm. of the, the ways that I was exposed to them. Um, I always go to celluloid screams, which is in Sheffield in the UK and they show short films before the, the main films themselves. And, and it just, makes you realize how much fun mm -hmm. they are because you've got a short period of time to get something yes. and you've got to achieve whatever it is you're setting out to do whether that's to scare someone like you said or make you jump or bring out some sort of emotion you um i mean without going into too much detail about the specific films yet what made you decide on these particular three apart from the one you've mentioned uh, the, the other two, uh, one, one just happened to be one I saw maybe about a year ago and that stuck in my mind. And I thought, and I, I, we need to do that one. And the, uh, the other one, which is the longest of the three, uh, I actually saw maybe for the first time, like 10 years ago or so. I All don't right. remember where exactly, but so, so it was one that just, just was kind of like in my head. And I was like, what, what is that one? What is that one? And so, so yeah, it's, it's one is, is from the, distant past one is from maybe i saw a decade ago and one i saw maybe two years ago or so yeah yeah and they're just ones that grab me and when i when i was drawing up trying to draw up just three i think i sent you like four other ones that i was like this one's almost there <laughs> this one's you know one of them i remember very specific one of them i think i said this one's a little too close to lights out i think so i didn't choose that one yeah yeah i mean that seems seems fair enough yeah, I think with me, I just picked out a few that I really just like and um, and then just tried to mix and match mm. so that I have three different sort of um, styles, three different lengths, and you know. And But I like that mm. you said, you know, you, you these are ones that you remember. They, they stick in your mind. You know, I mean, it's always good to be grabbed by the shorts, I, I mm. suppose. Well, not always, but you know what I mean. Yes. Shall we start with the, the first one we're going to look at? One of my picks, this was. Yes, um, yes. This one is called Lights Out, and it's from 2013. It's about two and a half minutes long, that's all. And um, like I said before, this is one of those that went on to be developed into a full-length film after it, it went viral and created a lot of um, buzz about it. And um, because it's so short, it's difficult to say much about it without spoiling it. But I could just say that... Um, scary weird things happen in the bedroom when the lights go out and uh, i know that sounds a bit like the title of my biography but uh yeah we'll, we'll take it from there so going with that what what did you make of this film oh i think it's i think it's a, a joy i think it's like you said it's, it's less than three minutes long and it very quickly sets up its scare as it were and then builds to a, a moment and I got chill. I've seen it a dozen times, and I still get chills during the the opening. Well, all all throughout it, I do. But just those those opening moments of this this steadily creeping thing in the dark, and and who who doesn't always sort of play by its own rules, I think, which is interesting uh, that it seems to be only in the dark. Yes, that's so the true. the lights are on, yes. but it doesn't quite seem to always. It 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 doesn't like it. It's almost like when you're looking down the hallway where it's supposed to be and it's dark or light 
when it's dark, it's there. But when you turn on the light, it's not there. But if you leave the room that it's in and the light's on, it seems to be able to s- manipulate the light. Yes, yes. So I don't know if that's – I'm creating – I don't know if that I, – I I haven't seen the, the feature, so I don't know if they explain more what, what's going on here. I don't think you need to explain more. That's part of the joy yeah. as it comes in, s- creeps you out a bit, and then kicks you in the pants, and, and, and it's over. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think, I think this is just, it's just the, it's just the fun three minutes and it's sometimes you want to watch a movie where, you know, you get a slow build and the scares will creep up on you and you're feeling more and more uh, at unease and uh, more sort of strange (laughs) and uh, a little shaky as you go. And sometimes you just want to, you just want to sit down and in two minutes, you just want to get a scare and you just want to come away going, "Ah," and then, and then go on with your business. Yeah. And this, this is this, this is, I think, is a wonderful example. Wonderful example. Yeah, I think it's a very much a, a short, sharp shock. It does what it does. You know, it's um, it builds up tension really well and really quickly. I mean, when I've watched it, it, like you said, even watching it again, it gets to almost unbearable level the tension, and even when you know what's going to happen, you yes. know, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's not just what you see, it's also what you hear too. I mean, you hear footsteps and things, and there's, there's all sorts of stuff that's really, really creepy. Mm. It seems to play on that childhood fear of the dark, that yes. sort of thing. Um, I'll tell you what it reminded me of, which I think you'll appreciate. It reminded me a lot of the Weeping Angels in Doctor Who. Oh, sure, um, yes. In the yes. episode Blink and a couple of others. Um, mm. But kind of in reverse, you know, so where the yes. light and the dark is kind of switched around. Um, yes. 2016, it was made into a mm. full-length film. The same guy uh, is the director in it. They fleshed out the story, obviously, and they made the creature, they, they actually gave the creature a name and a backstory in, in the film. And it was interesting because there's also the possibility that the creature in the, the longer film was sort of a mental health metaphor oh, thing. Okay. And it's full of jump scares and tension and stuff very much in keeping with the short i think you know it's very much okay. one of those films where you won't be sitting in your seat for long you'll be up and down um <laughs> the 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 same director he did a load of shorts very similar cam closer pictured not so fast coffer see you soon attic panic and closet space uh, the ones that are sort of i remember and the woman in it is actually his wife lotta loston and she's in all of these short films yeah in fact she's she's actually in the feature film as well as a just a cameo near the beginning she comes into it well most of his films you can actually see he's got a website which is um i'll spell it d a u i d dot com and you can find most of them on there and also some of the ones he did before he did the horror ones as well um and a, mm-hmm. i think he's currently working on uh, one of these dc comics sort of movies okay. at the moment called shazam oh sure i don't know very much about that genre of film <laughs> so <laughs> um so i can't say much about that but um i found it really good like i said does what it does what you what you want really yes. it just builds up tension and then scares you mm. if you were to give it a score out of five and say three is sort of a it's okay mm. um where would you come with this one it it does exactly what it says it's going to do more or less and and does it well for this brand of film uh i i would have to give this one a five i think Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. That's mm. good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm similar to you. I I was all set to give it a five until you mentioned that little glitch in it about yeah, the, the light and the not light, and then I was hovering, hovering <laughs> around up four and a half to five. Mm. Um, so I think 
I think I'll give it a five. Okay. Awesome. And may may I may I uh, just mention something from one of his other films? Uh, I th- yeah, sure. I think I, I forget. I think it's it's the the one with picture in the title, possibly. I I, I if if I'm I'm thinking I think I'm thinking of the right film, which involves uh, the woman there who's also in Lights Out, like looking at a picture and seeing someone like in a picture, sort of yeah. getting closer to her, which is very much. I think it's um, is it an Mr. James? I think it's an Mr. James story where a guy is like there's a painting of like a crypt or something. And as the story goes along, something, whenever he looks away and then looks back, something is coming out of the crypt towards him on the painting. Ah, and, yes. and it had a very sort of M.R. James feel. And, you know, it's got a sting at the end of it. That uh, it's a nice, uh, nice little, well, both of them have a good sting at the end of them. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah. And that, that's actually the only one I've seen. I should see, I should dive in and see more of those. You should, yes. Um, I just wondering if the one you mentioned with the picture is there's one he's got called Pictured, um, which I have seen, oh. but I can't remember. It was a long time since I saw that one. Um, but but his films, I mean, really they they they're about three minutes each. But I mean, there's even one um, which is called See You Soon, which is 14 seconds long. So it just wow. goes to show you don't need yeah. a lot of time to to create a horror film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so that one gets four marks from both of us which is a great start for this actually and uh, we will now move on to the next film which was your choice and it's called the contraption yes. from 1977 and this one's eight minutes long do you want to tell us what this is roughly about yes it's basically it's a gentleman in i oh i imagine it was his basement uh and he is building something and um and that's it, really. That's all I can kind of tell you. He's he's building some sort of contraption, <laughs> and his wife may not be too happy with him. That's all I'll say about that. That's that's really all I could tell of the plot without without giving it away. Like the previous one, it's a kind of a build up to a punchline kind of setup. Yes, and it it has a it, yeah it has a lot of sort of close up shots of him measuring things and sawing things and doing this and that and and putting things together. And what is he putting together? I'm not going to tell you. I don't think Gore is either. What did you think of this one, Gore? Yeah, this was really interesting, actually. I mean, it's I mean, normally you've got a film with a man handling a selection of big tools. Now, normally that would get me excited on its own. <laughs> but here the actor is the brilliant Richard O'Brien, um, who is the creator and one of the stars of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. He's riffraff in that. Riffraff. And over here, he was also the presenter of a TV game show over here called The Crystal Maze. But yeah, yeah, he's a, a brilliant oh. guy and mm-hmm. he's almost unrecognisable, actually in this because he's very i don't know how to describe him really a very sort of dowdy looking character in this but uh, i know it's brilliant i love that the the harsh lighting you've got it's like the background is completely black in this the only lighting is from a really strong light that's above him so you don't see anything which gives it a kind of a claustrophobic feel um and it makes you focus on what he's actually doing and you've got the sounds as he's doing things are really amplified so you've got like a a drip 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 noise in the background of a leaky pipe and then when he's tightening up clamps or sawing or drilling or sandpapering or hammering it's really amplified up the sounds and the camera angles as well everything's closed in so when you see him using the tools 
you see them from a really close angle or a really exaggerated sort of a wide angle sort of a weird close-up of his stuff so i mean partly that means we can't see what he's actually building until the camera moves away at the end of it and also it um, makes it quite disorientating to watch as well and i liked as well with this there it's completely dialogue free apart from one line of dialogue which is from a different character at the very end which adds quite a shot of pathos to the to the story i thought adds a bit of an extra depth to it so um i i like this this was very intriguing because it sort of builds up and you don't really know what's going on there were little touches as well i liked um the music is really good it's a sort of a sounds like a, one of those is it theremin those machines i think it's actually a saw they're using yeah it could be yeah yeah um but i i also like that if you listen to it at the beginning it does sound i don't know if it's meant to be or not but it sounds an awful lot like um, there's a piece of music that they used to use in silent films to show sad sad scenes and it's called hearts and flowers whatever you think of Chaplin or any of those silent films it's the sort of the, the very overused piece they use to show somebody crying or being sad but yeah it builds up to him creating this contraption of the title and that is the the kind of punchline is that what that is um but yeah it's difficult to say more you can't really say anything else without giving it away and that is the joy of this is the surprise so yeah i i like this yeah, me too. Uh, it's like I said, this was one I, I saw a decades ago, and I found it it's so so intriguing, and and it's it's fun when you go back a second time to watch it, and you can sort of uh, and and you know what the contraption is, and you can see the bits and bobs being put together, and it's uh, it's 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 got yeah, it, it's it's actually not I I don't know if I'd actually call it a, a horror film. It's more like a strange experimental. Uh, kind of piece uh, mm. than a horror film. Uh, ju- it just possibly because of what the contraption is. And the more I keep saying the contraption, the more I keep thinking I'm going to slip up and say what it is. And I'm going to try <laughs> not to. That's not my intention. You you covered all the bases on it. It, it really is. like yeah. It has this, this wonderful, minimal black background, just a guy making something, great soundtrack, very deliberate, very calm. And then the, the sort of um, the zing at the ending that kind of gets you. And yeah. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, I just, I just think it's delightful. And it was, gr- it was great to see it again. And I, I, um, I did enjoy it as much, uh, now as I, I did then. And it's directed by James Dearden, who directed a short called panic, which I've never seen, okay. but which I feel like I should see immediately. Oh, okay. Um, he made panic a year later. I, I feel like someone once recommended that to me because he obviously he's, it's the contraption is British and Panic, uh, I think, showed before some horror movie circa 1978. Oh, right. Because okay. I seem to remember when I – I remember reading about it somewhere and someone recommended it highly and said it was before a horror film where it kind of blew the horror film away because it was so so scary. It's something about an old <laughs> old uh, young it's – like, it's like a young woman picking up like a hitchhiking old woman or something like that and things go crazy, I think. Ah. Oh, that sounds quite intriguing. I mean, I wonder if that's if that's on online. Yes, and J- James Dearden's, I think, possibly best known thing is he he made a film called Diversion, which is about a happily married man who one weekend has an affair with a woman who turns out to be nuts, which was <laughs> remade in the U.S. as Fatal Attraction. 
Oh, so that oh, wow. and he also made a couple other films. Yeah, he made Pascali's Island, which I've never seen. But the moment I saw the poster with Ben Kingsley on it, I thought I've seen that poster mm. many times, but I've never seen the movie. And he made a, a Kiss Before Dying with um, uh, Matt Dillon and Sean Young, where if I remember correctly, Sean Young like won all the awards for like worst actress of the year or something <laughs> like that. And that, but I've never seen it. So wow, okay. So, um, right, with this one then, if we're going to score this one, um, I really liked it. I thought it was really intriguing okay. and mysterious, and it hooked me in because I was trying to figure out what was going on and what was going to happen. I didn't find it very scary as a horror, although I think it has horror elements in it, but um, but I enjoyed it still. I think I'm going to go with a four for this one. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I I was thinking around a four myself. Um, I was going to say either a four or four and a half. Um, you know, I'm going to do just so we're not doing the same thing. So I'm going to do four and a half, just just because it's it it was in my mind for so long, and when I rewatched it like a month ago, it's still even though I knew exactly well, I knew where it was going. I forgot yeah. exactly how yeah. it got there. Uh, I, I was I was still intrigued by it, so I'm going to do four and a half. I, yeah. It's not quite a five, um, uh, but but I think it's a f- definite like four and a half. Yeah, it is certainly well made as well, which is another thing to its credit. It's very well filmed and and all the rest of it. So you know it, it's it's good. You know, still think it's a very good short. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll go on to the next one, which is number three of our six. Um, this is my second pick. This yes. was a short called cargo from 2013 it's the second one from these that was made into a full-length feature film um the feature film came up in 2017 and they cast martin freeman as the uh, main character in that um but this one is um a different perspective on the zombie movie let's say um the the short is about a man who wakes up in a car after a car crash finds his wife has turned into a zombie and he survived but has been bitten and they have a baby in the back of the car who he rescues and he then goes off with the baby knowing that he's been bitten by a zombie and will possibly turn into one at some point and that is really the the premise of this one so how did you find cargo I really, I really love this one. I thought it was, I, I expected at some point to burst into full on zombie action and it might do that or it might not. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what it does, but it was, I, it, it's tricky trying not to get to sports because this one is, the, the, the ending is, is, um, I, I guess, can I, I think I'm going to provide the, uh, emotion. Yeah. Uh, that I felt at the ending. Um, I thought I, it was very moving. Yes, I thought at yes. the end it's it's quite it, it gets to the end and it's quite lovely and he he does, he, I guess he does something with a bag of guts that I thought was very clever. Yes, and yes. um and I know what you're thinking, Dan. Don't don't we all do something with our own particular bag of guts every day? <laughs> I I guess so, but this is an actual. This is not a metaphorical bag of guts. This is an actual literal bag of guts or a euphemistic bag of guts either. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, it's so you just get him and he's got the baby and you you know, he's going to turn. They don't have to say anything. And he's got this bag of guts and be on his back. He's got a 
beggar baby and he's he's got all this stuff like like sort of grease pencil written on his on his arm um just just like all these different he's got a map and he's going someplace and he uh and it it, it really nicely pays even in the short period of time it pays off in a couple of different ways that are really nicely done and i um i've i've never actually watched the walking dead um I've got to admit, I haven't either. So you're not alone. <laughs> okay, because I, I, I was I I always say to to people who say to me, "Oh, you like zombie movies?" And I said, "Of course, I like zombie movies." Doesn't everyone <laughs> like my grandmother like zombie movies? And she gets mad if any film's more violent than The Sound of Music, but she still loves zombies. <laughs> and she, uh, oh no, I was talking about my grandma. I no, I'm going back to the movie. Um, uh, I always think with with zombie movies that I would say to people, I'm not particularly interested in watching a series about zombies. I like my zombie movies to be around 90 minutes, maybe shorter, maybe a little bit longer. Set up the world, give me everything you got, and then I'm out of there. I'll go to another world. I'll go to another place. Maybe it's all one big zombie holocaust that's happening in all these movies. I don't know. But I imagine in The Walking Dead, there must be moments like this in it that are more sort of human moments yeah. i mean you do have like in dawn of the dead in dawn of the dead you have the moment i hope this isn't spoiling anything for anyone it's dawn of the dead you know where the where the um the gung-ho guy gets bit and he knows he's turning into a zombie you know and he tells his friend i you know i'm gonna try not to come back i'm gonna try not to you know it's kind of a lovely moment because we spent like an hour and a half with these guys and you know he's going to come back as a zombie but he's just like this this sweet moment right before he goes and you don't get a lot of those in your average, I mean, you don't get that in like Curse of the Cannibal Confederates or Flesh yeah, Eater. Yeah. You don't get a lot of those moments. Or, you know, Ozone Attack of the Redneck Zombies. You're not getting stuff like that in there. Or even Redneck Zombies. But I, I love this. I love Cargo because it's just, a, it's just, you, you know, um, that there's a zombie apocalypse going on, but it's just this brief vignette with this family who, through no fault of their own, are, are falling apart and the dad is going, into death and beyond try to save his baby from what happened to him and is happening to everyone else. So I thought it was, I thought it was lovely and I'm going to spoil something if I talk anymore. So Gore, what did you think? I thought this was a really interesting look at the zombie movie, a really different perspective because um, it's not about the, the zombies, the gore and the scares or anything. It's about the sort of human nature side to it. Um, uh, like you, I haven't seen The Walking Dead, um, surprisingly for me. Um, but I just really liked the way this went. It was just a very interesting and very moving film. And I really urge anyone to see this that thinks everything's been done with zombie movies, you know, and they're all the same. It, it's just a really nice idea. Um, it was made into a full-length film, um, which I, I watched yesterday, actually. Um, as I said, it's got Martin Freeman as the, the main character in that. It follows the basic idea of the story, but obviously they've got more of a chance to flesh it out. So, for example, I mean, where the, the short starts off that point in the story is actually about half an hour into the the full film so there, there's backstory before then and obviously there'll be more characters brought in to to broaden things out but it it's still the the main feature still keeps a lot of the charm of the the short and i i really enjoyed watching that you know so it's one that i think was a successful 
transfer to a full-length film. I, I really liked it. Um, the writer and director's... F- are the same for both films, which is nice. In fact, the the writer and director, um, one of them, um, I'm trying to think what her name is, Yolanda Ramke, I may be saying that wrong. She's actually, uh, she pops up in a cameo in the film. She is um, a blonde-haired woman that's a survivor in the film. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. she's actually there. The other director, Ben Howling, as I said, they both work together to create the, the full-length version. The main actor... Andy Roderida, I think is how you say his name. He also pops up in a cameo in the the film, the full film. He's uh, he plays a, the father of a of a small family in that, but he's probably best known to horror fans as one of the main characters, the three main characters that were in Blackwater from two thousand and seven, which is an Australian film about a killer crocodile which um, I know there's a few of those, but if you remember the one where um, three survivors are kind of hiding up a tree while the the water rages underneath them, it's that one. And he was also in a a film called The Tunnel or The Tunnel Movie from 2011, which is a found footage, dark, claustrophobic sort of a horror set in um, abandoned train tunnels beneath Sydney. You know, so, I mean, you've got a film there that's poking around in a dark passage down under, which sounds like my kind of thing. Um, (laughs) But actually... If if you do see it, I, I it's one of those films which a great idea, great second half with um, found footage, really really good second half, very boring first half with lots of talking heads interrupting it. But I go off at a tangent, sorry. Um, but so he, so he's known from a couple of other films. Um, but yeah, the feature film takes on some of the same themes. So there's like a parent child theme and a self sacrifice theme. Those those kind of things are kept through, and it's expanded. So you know, but they also bring in other things i mean they make use of the australian landscape a lot more in the the full film but i suppose because they've got the space to do it you know they they can and they bring in um aboriginal culture comes into it as well and um but anyway so so that was that was that film i i found it very different you know very different to the usual zombie films so um if you're going to give this a score out of five, then where would you go? Oh dear, um, I, I, I hate to say, I, I, I feel like I might be floating around in the same star region throughout because I think, like I said, I think it does. I, I would almost love to see a, kind of like a Robert Altman style zombie film, like a Shortcuts or Nashville's, which is just a series of vignettes right. like this, and like this is one of them. You know, just like it goes to this vignette right. for five minutes and then goes somewhere else, you know, maybe somewhere more, um, more zombie, st- standard zombie style than this. But, um, I, I, I gotta say, um, I, I think like Lights Out, I think this does exactly what it sets out to do. It does it, it does it well. It keeps you, and again, I'm not gonna say how violent it goes, but it keeps you teetering, like, where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? And then it ends in such a lovely manner. I'm, uh, I, I guess I got to give this one a five, too, because I think it does exactly what it sets out to do and it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, on, on one hand, it's not as scary as a lot of horror films I've seen, mm-hmm. but it really, really pulls you in. And it really, you know, it, it's a very powerful film, I think, even though it's only a short film. It's only, I think, is it 15 minutes, this one? It's It's quite you know compared to a full-length film it's oh no it's not it's seven minutes so yeah it's seven minutes and it manages <laughs> to pack pack all that in well that's not bad really bad going 
I love it, and um, I would probably go with a 5-2, to be honest. Yeah, it's one I could, even though I've seen it, I could easily watch it again, no problem. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, right, I, I, okay then. So that one gets uh, a full score from both of us, which is pretty good. Right, mm-hmm. okay then. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to stop for a short break so that we can play a promo or two for other podcasts that I really like and I really recommend. And then we'll come back with the final three films that we picked. Okay, so we'll see you in a moment. Hi, I'm Steve Pemberton. And I'm Rishi Smith. And this is the Trilogy of Terror podcast. A local podcast for local people. Is full of them. From low budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Hail Ming Power Hour. Well, we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Aren't TV movies fun? You see all these familiar faces, but doing really unfamiliar things. And I think that that's really exciting. And I think that's something important to the history of film in general. Join Amanda. There's a lot going on in that scene that is unspoken between two men. So I'm just telling you, I think there was a little Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) Dan. I think Therese is a little bipolar. Her voice, it goes from this sort of sexy, sensuous voice to, Okay, Ramsey, get out of here. And eight. I love, you know, in like the late 70s, early 80s, the crazier a person got, the bigger their hair got. (laughs) As they discuss their favorite made-for-TV movies. Mr. Hazelrick. On the Made-for-TV Mayhem Show. This man came to see him. He never comes to see him at work. (laughs) What kind of stories could he have to tell him? (laughs) Tales of his postal delivery. The Trilogy of Terror podcast. Right, the next film on our list of six is called The Dumb Waiter, and this is from back in 1979. This is an 18-minute, I think it's the, the longest of the shorts we've got. And do you want to tell us a bit about this one, Dan? Of course. Uh, this one is about a woman named Sally, and she is going home at the end of a long day at work, and she discovers she's being stalked. There's uh, this gentleman following her, uh, following her uh, in in a car, then uh, kind of hanging out around her home, and she's sort of going about her business, trying to, you know, enjoy her evening. But she knows that this person is out there somewhere, and he begins to try to break into her flat, and it's um, 
Does he? Doesn't he? I don't know. But I guess that's all I can say, really. A, a stalker tries to break into a woman's apartment. That's the dumb waiter. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> had you seen had you seen this before i'd never heard of this before oh. no no it's one of those that um seems to be quite well known but i hadn't come across it before what uh what did you think of it um a lot of us over here would recognize the, the main actress she's called geraldine james um she's been in loads and loads of things over the years for example to me i recognize her from band of gold and blot on the landscape she's also been in the jewel in the crown um Kavanagh qc and she was in the uk and the u.s versions of little britain as well she she's done all kinds of things anyway but that's that's the actress in this the beginning starts off when we're looking into a very gloomy sort of a hallway in her apartment her flat and we can see it's a hallway with an intercom to the main the front door and it's got a dumb way to she uses for putting a rubbish down and at the very beginning we hear a phone call over the top of this of a man telling her that he's been following her and he describes her car very detailed it's a white mini and he gives her the license plate and it's very very creepy but you know, after this, we see her. She's driving off in her car. I think she just picked up her washing from the laundrette or something. And as she's driving back, we get flashing lights from the car behind, which is quite menacing. And then all of a sudden, the car behind overtakes and swerves in front of her um, to stop her driving. And a man gets out, tries to open a door and pull her out of the car, try to drag her out, and she gets away and drives back home to her flat. But in the meantime, this stalker guy has followed her to the home and tries to get in. So that's that's as far as I can really go without spoiling anything with the story. Um, I really liked a lot of the visuals they had in this. So, for example, when she's driving around, you get lots of interesting coloured reflections. There's lots of, like, flashing red lights from cars and traffic signals and things in the, the window. There's a lot of good use of colours and lighting in all of this. And there's a really good score to this. There's, like, a, the sort of music and the, the sounds, like footsteps and things, really build up the tension to this as well. And I liked... I mean, this would have been... At the very beginning of the, the slasher boom, you know, it's 79. So it would have been near the beginning of that. But having said that, I mean, the, the stalker guy wears black gloves. We don't see his face and he's got a flick knife. So, I mean, if she'd have been badly dubbed, then I would have said it's like a jallo, really. That's what it reminds me of. I liked the little touches I liked as well is that there's not much dialogue in it. But what there is, is all done through telephone calls. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and they use the telephone in another interesting way I liked, which I don't know if this was a quirk just to our phones over here or not. But at one point, the stalker phones her and he phones from a public phone box, a payphone. She answers the phone and hangs up. But because he's called her and doesn't put the receiver down, she's unable to make outgoing calls because he's still connected, if you see what I mean. So it's whoever calls the other person is the one who can cut the call you know so he's basically blocked her from calling out which i thought was a really nice little touch and um yeah i thought that was quite good so it builds up its tension it's very atmospheric um you do worry about her and all the rest of it i do have a problem with it though um one of the the main things for me is the lack of urgency for the the main character sally mm -hmm. she gets the threatening phone call at the beginning um, describing her car in detail and everything like that and rather than calling the police she goes off and sort of ignores it then she's dragged or somebody tries to drag her out of her car and if it were me i'd be going straight to the police station after that um, but she just goes home 
she pours herself a drink, watches a bit of Murder on the Orient Express, and then she phones her boyfriend to come round. And even though he's quite concerned about her, she, I mean, rather than saying, like, come here urgently, I've just been attacked by a psycho stalker, she just says, I'll tell you later, and then goes off and has a bath. So that was a bit weird for me, because I'd be I'd be doing all sorts, phoning police, getting help and everything. But overall, I mean, it's a really well-made short. It looks really good. And it's all about building the tension and the sense of danger that, that comes in that. It's 18 minutes, but they just fly past. It has... um a really good closing shot which people either love or hate i i really liked it the very the very last thing you see or hear so um i i liked it not as much as some of the other ones but i would probably give this a four out of five how about you yeah i think i think i'd say about a four out of five too because i uh it you're absolutely correct it's it's the the lack of uh any sort of urgency um (laughs) She gets the threatening phone call, and then the the, the guy tries to re- drives the car in front of her car, and yeah, she just never kind of says, "Maybe I should do something about that." It's just yeah. it's all very <laughs> a little too casual. Mm. I, I love the music. I love the um kind of all the slow tracking in and various yes, shots. Yes. And kind of you're waiting for something to happen. You're waiting yeah. for something to happen. The tension builds nice, and I do like the ending. So yes. um, I think you kind of hit most of it there. It does it does fly by. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I I think I think I give it a four rather than a five just because um, it it's tension, but it's a it's a slow tension. Yeah. And it luckily it ends before it 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 gets dull or anything like that. But it could all it could use a um, uh, maybe just because it's tricky to get too worried, worked up for Sally when she doesn't seem terribly worked up herself yes. over it um <laughs> yes. and, so, and so there hits a point where it almost becomes more like an exercise in scariness yes. than actual like you don't get fully involved in it but yeah i, I would say it's, it's a solid solid four. Oh yeah i mean i it did amuse me that um in the middle of all this she decides to go off and have a bath and when she's in the bath she she lies yeah. in the bath with her head under the water sort of thing so she's um you know she's got her ears underwater so she can't hear anything she can't see anything and i'm thinking yes if i'd just been been uh, you know attacked by a, a stalker who knows my car and i've parked the car right outside the door showing him where i live yes. i would want to be completely aware of what's going on and i wouldn't be in the bath <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, anyway yeah, but no exactly. it's it, it's good it does what it does well in that mm-hmm. it uh, builds up the tension slowly and um uh, yeah it, it's good in that sense so yeah definitely we're on the same page with yeah. that one yeah yeah and it's uh it's directed by a gentleman named robert bierman who's done a bunch of shorts a lot of tv and also did a uh, vampire's kiss with nicholas cage so that's uh, <laughs> that's something to enjoy yes <laughs> Right, the next one is my third pick, which is called Brutal Relax from 2010. And this is a 15-minute long Spanish short um, with a few subtitles at the beginning. Um, But what did you make of this one? Uh, You know, (laughs) uh, I I thought this was a lot of fun. It's very – what I thought of when I watched it was – and I, I I forget what it's the actual proper title is. In America, it was Peter Jackson's film called Dead Alive. I think it's called Brain Dead. That's zombie right. Movie. That's it. And yes. It reminds me very much of um, once the sort of free for all begins on the beach. It reminds me very much of like the final like half hour zombie attack. You know, including with <laughs> lawnmower from yes. uh, Brain Dead. That that's the way this is. It's just a it's just a crazy guy going after crazy 
aquatic things and it's 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 a lot of fun i mean it's 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 gloriously gory and crazy and it's just it's super fun to watch and it's got a it's got a weirdness to it with the lead <laughs> character whatever the heck he is yes and, but but i guess if if he he's the when the aquatic zombie monsters rise up out of the water He's the perfect one to fight them, I guess. And yeah. it's, a, it's a heck of a lot of fun. And it, it's super, yeah, gory, crazy, silly, weird, gross, um, and uh, has, has a lovely sort of closing credits sequence. It so, does. Yeah, it I, does. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I should have said I didn't I didn't mention what the setup for this one was, but it's basically uh, this guy. Oh, yeah. He's called Mr. Olivares. He at the very beginning, we see him with his doctor who um, he's being discharged by the doctor. And I know, you know, the word discharge and horror shorts isn't something you really want to think about. But no, he means in a medical <laughs> sense. Um, and he's told he needs to, to go out, go on a holiday somewhere to relax. And he's told whatever you do, avoid getting agitated. So we assume he's been treated for something like anger management or anxiety or stress or something we don't know so mm -hmm. this is his answer he goes while there's this reggae song playing summertime this song he goes off to this beach <laughs> yeah. full of full of people in swimming costumes having a lovely lovely time um and as you said i mean we get the creatures that suddenly emerge in the middle of all this from the sea i don't know about you but did they remind you of the sea devils from doctor who which is the second doctor who reference <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. They they did kind of have a sea devilsy feel more um more devilly than the sea yes. devils were. Yes. But yeah. They they did kind of have like a sea devil, and because they do that that sort of iconic moment in the sea devils where they all rise up out of the water in one of the cliffhangers. So yes. yeah, that does have yeah. kind of a bit of that. The sea devils are a little nicer than these <laughs> the sea devils used to terrify me this is one of the the few monsters i remember really really well from early doctor who that really scared uh -huh. me um but uh, yeah but i mean you could also compare this this when they emerge from the water as being a bit zombie lake as well but um i mean who who wouldn't want to be like oh, zombie yes. lake if you're a yeah. filmmaker you know although a few a few less <laughs> exactly. boobs and other bits and pieces than than that film but uh mm. yeah it's um it, it's very very gruesome and very colorful as well um and it's it's got a lot of very dark comic touches to it as well. I mean, the guy in this, uh, what I love about him is that he arrives at this beach all smiling. He's got a big pair of headphones on connected to a, a Walkman. And he's walking around in these uh, white, very saggy swimming shorts. It's not not sexy in any way. It's like it's a bit like having a, a bag of onions swinging around at the camera. It's not attractive. And <laughs> he sits on this beach uh, while all this mayhem is happening all around him, kind of oblivious to it because he's listening to his reggae song on his um, on his Walkman and he's, he's quite happy. I mean, there's even a, at one point a decapitated head almost lands on his lap and he's still smiling and listening to yes. all this happening. That is until the batteries run out. Yes. And then things change. So, yeah, I, I was exactly like you. I thought this reminded me straight away of Brain Dead or Dead Alive. It's, it's very much that it, mm -hmm. extremely gory, cartoon-like gore. You know, it's, it's hard to take it seriously. It's just so over the top. It's very darkly humorous. It's very, very dark. I mean, in fact, there's there's one uh, particular uh, scene involving a, a very young corpse, which is very hard to forget in a hurry. But but oh, kind yes. of one yes. of those things you, yeah. you're laughing yeah. loud at it and you think, I shouldn't really be laughing at this. It's really not the sort of thing you should laugh <laughs> at, but it is very funny. 
And I also liked as well, there's a, a bit of a comical touch. The, the voices are overdubbed in some of the things, which adds a little bit of a funny sort of a, a funny touch mm-hmm. to it as well. And like you said, there's a really lovely, the, the, the end credits have got a little nice touch to them, especially the very final one. Yeah. And the only criticism I might have of it, and it's a small criticism, is that the, um, all the happenings go on for quite a while. <laughs> I mean, it's not a terrible yes. thing, but they yeah. do seem to go on for quite a long time. It sort of stops and then it starts again and all that. Mm-hmm. And I really like that there's a really good blend of over the top practical effects and CGI. It, it works really well together yes. in this. They're, it's directed by three different people. Two of those three, mm-hmm also directed a film called fist of jesus which is quite a a (laughs) well-known um gory short film but um between the three of them the three directors they've done that there's also a few others that uh, same kind of humor and stuff that are worth checking out there's one called metal creepers um there's one called alasta alasta i don't pronounce a-l-a-s-t-o-r and um you know there's a few that are, are worth checking out so um so if you're going to give this a score out of five, where would you go? Hmm. I think I think this is a solid four. Okay. I mean, it's, uh, it's 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 super fun, and I th- I think like with you, they they keep they keep the uh, the variety of the killings and everything on the beach. They, there's a lot of variety to it, but there does hit certain points where it's just kind of him like punching heads off on occasions. Yes. yes. And you know, after like the, the eighth the eighth one of that, it's like okay, well maybe we could have trimmed this by just about a minute. However, having said that, it's it's pretty much joyous, crazy fun for the whole fifteen odd minutes of it. So I solid four. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you completely, except I, I went with a 4.5, but only because it's just, sort of, I watched it with kind of devilish glee. I just really, I watched it with a smile on my face. It's just so over the sure, top. It's sure. kind of just, and like I said, you kind of feel a bit guilty laughing at some of the stuff, but it is very funny and it's very well done. Mm. Yes, it, it it's gory and you, you start to sort of get used to the gore as it goes through, but it's, I, I enjoyed it. I just, for pure entertainment value, I give it four and a half. It loses the half point just because it was a bit long in the, the fight scenes. And there's not a great deal of story to it, but it entertained me enough to kind of yeah, balance yeah. that. So that's, that's not bad. And cool. we have only one film left. The final film is yes, called yes. Um, La Boca del Leon. Do you want to explain a bit more about this one? Yes, uh, this takes place basically on a, on a guy's um, phone. He has been – well, it looks like he's been fiddling around with Satan or some some sort because you see like a pentagram on the ground and all sorts of candles and things. And something's gone wrong and he's called a priest and it looks like the gentleman is becoming possessed and his arms are burning, uh, breaking into like burns and things. And just at the point where he's sort of starting to collapse, you see there's a little girl there, his daughter. And so the priest begins to um, you know, take the phone. And help me save your dad. And does she or does she not? I guess I probably shouldn't say because it's only like four and a half minutes and that's like the first two. So I'll stop there. What what did you think of this, Gore? This is um, an example of found footage done really well, I think. Um, The whole thing, impressively, as you said, it was filmed on an iPhone. I think it was an iPhone 4S. The whole thing is filmed on that. And considering the, the sort of limitations with uh, what that can do and the presumably very low budget for this thing they handle it really well 
the whole sort of fan footage thing here makes it feel very disorientated and you're not quite sure what's going on. It's all happening very fast and it's moving around and you're showing glimpses of things, which makes them even more scary. And we, mm-hmm. there's only three characters really in this that we see or hear. I mean, we've got Mr. I think he's called Montalvo, who's the, the, the guy that we first see. Um, his daughter, Vicky, and then the priest who's on the end of the phone. So we only hear the priest. Yeah, it's and it's all set in a room with a pentagram on the floor and red candles and and so on. Um, but it it's a very um, thrilling, I suppose, is the only word I think of. Uh, story. You know, you you watch it and you don't know what's going on and it's happening fairly fast and it's very. Um, yeah, it's, it's very intense and um, very disturbing, yes. very disturbing and very disorientating. So uh, not visually, mm-hmm. ju- just visually, but also sound effects as well. It is really, really well yes. done. And it has mm-hmm. a really nice twist to it as well, a, a, quite a dark twist to it as well, which which I really liked. Yeah. Um, and I also really liked the, the choice of music for the end credits which was kind of a bit odd. Oh, yes. But yeah, it, I, yeah. yeah I liked that. Yes. It was a mm-hmm. good, um, I won't say why, but you know, I like the end, the end music. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not normally into kind of possession type horrors. All right. But I thought this was done really well. And like I said, the iPhone found footage kind of format worked really well, I thought, for this. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, uh, yeah, it's got, it's got a nice sort of rush of craziness and, and things are constantly being revealed. And like you said, you see little bits out of the, the, it just appear in the frame for a moment and then go away. And this poor little girl who has to take care of her crazy. I, I, I love the fact that just like, like the, <laughs> the dad is like, just like calling up the priest and going, I screwed up. And then you see like this pentagram <laughs> on the ground with the candle. Yes. It's like, yeah, I think you did. I really think you did. Maybe, you sh- maybe you shouldn't have gone there. Um, but it, yeah, it, it moves really quick and it's crazy. And then the sound is great and they do a nice job uh, framing everything and keeping everything where it needs to be. Yes. And, and I do like the thought that I won't say what happens in a, during the credits. That song is great. Let me – I'll just say it has its own theme song. Um, <laughs> but during the credits, um, there, there you see some shots during the credits. And my first thought was – um, where are those being shot from? And then I pr- realized it's probably one of the characters, and I won't say which character, on a phone, possibly the phone in the movie, shooting this footage. And I mm. thought that's kind of a nice touch if that's what mm. that is. But mm. – um, but yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I really got a, uh, I really enjoyed this one. And I'm looking at and the, the gentleman who directed it, Alfonso Garcia. He did a, a lot of shorts, uh, quite a few. Killing Rasputin, Geo Freedom, Sector Zero Four, The Cloud, Alien Inside, Backup, I Media, Money. He's done a lot of Route 360, Dead Route 360. He's done a lot. I need to see more of his. Yeah. His shorts. This is this this is super fun. It's just it's just like a four and a half minute rush of crazy fine right at you. Did this not win a, an award or something? Or I think it got like an honorable mention. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. I think it it got something. It didn't win the the, the main prize, but it got an honorable mention. It was I think it was um in a category about using mobile phones to to film or something so, like yeah. that yes but it's it's a mm-hmm. very good example of showing you what you can do with technology these days you know and it, it's a 4s it's yeah. not like the latest iphone but um it's a very very mm-hmm. creative very clever very good use of resources and stuff so yeah yeah i i really liked it for me i mean looking at what it 
what it sets out to do, which is um, sort of scare me, intrigue me, fascinate me. I, I think it gets it gets a five from me. I loved it. Oh, how about you? Oh, cool. Yeah, I was I was going to give I was going to say four and a half. Uh, okay. Just, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, uh, maybe I should say five. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, let me think for another moment. I, my thought was four and a half, but the more I think on it, it is. It is <laughs> it's 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 like lights out. It's like lights out in cargo. It does exactly what it's. Yeah, give it. A, I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to bump it up. Okay. Let's do it. Five. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, um, I mean, having looked at that, I've been keeping a tally of what we've given it and confused myself several times and added it up and all the rest of it. But, um, <laughs> right, we gave Lights Out got a 10. The Contraption got 8.5. Cargo got 10. The Dumb Waiter got 8. Brutal Relax got 8. And the final film got 10. Altogether, your three totals for your films came to 26 and a half, and my three uh-huh. came to 28. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so I'm, I'm very oh, happy man, with man. that. Yeah, so that's very good. And I didn't fiddle <laughs> those at all in any way. That's the end of this episode. <laughs> so thank you, Dan, for yes. joining me today. And where can people find out more about you and your podcasts? Oh, uh, if you go to eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com, you'll see links to my Eventually Super Train short-lived TV show podcast, Dan's Driving Double Feature, and uh, I, a one-minute podcast, which are podcasts where I cover movies minute by minute. And currently, I am covering, and, and in tandem, uh, Zombie Lake and Burial Ground. And I think it's a good time. Yeah. It is a very good time, believe me. I mean, they're two yeah, of my yeah. my favourites. So, um, as you know, Zombie Lake, of course, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is quite interesting yes, because if course. you want to hear Dan talking about one minute of mainly a naked woman lying on a log, um, then that's the place to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it's yes. great stuff. <laughs> I can yeah, yeah. It is genuinely really good stuff. I'm enjoying yeah. it anyway. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also um, Made for TV Mayhem. If you check out Made for TV Mayhem with Amanda and Nate, we do that. We should have a new episode coming out soon. Excellent. That's brilliant. I should look forward to that as well, because that's one I always listen to as well. So anyway, as well as that, thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the music. The show must be go. And thanks to StrangeUndeadly.com for giving this podcast a home. And lastly, but most importantly, thank you. Yes, you at home for listening. And I hope you enjoyed our exploration into these kind of films. And I hope we've encouraged you to check out more of them for yourselves. If you have any recommendations, of shorts, ideally ones that are less than 20 minutes, um, then please do let me know on Twitter at Trilogy Pod, on the Trilogy of Terror podcast Facebook page, or at the website TrilogyofTerrorPodcast.com, all one word, no spaces. And remember, it's not the length, it's the strength that counts, especially with these films. So thanks, everyone, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Gore Blimey, or visit the Trilogy of Terror podcast Facebook page. For other social media links, go to trilogyofterrorpodcast.com, where you'll find them all along with old and new episodes.